Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my Mike Dorit. Hi, this is Tom Thurwell. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the Nightmare Fuel Hustle Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Ooh Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken. Glorious. Broken but glorious. To broken but glorious podcast because, like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello, welcome to Broken but Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin, and I'd like to be joined on the line by the promoter and booker of Knockout Wrestling, Andrew Cross. How are you doing this evening, Andrew? Yeah, not too, too bad, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so a huge thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, how have you been surviving lockdown? Not too bad. Ups and downs. I think everybody's been. Uh, struggling a little bit more in this in this most recent one but yeah getting by missing wrestling and a lot and excited to talk about kow because it's the first wrestling related thing i've done since last march so oh wow <laughs> yeah we are coming back to a little, maybe a little bit of normality because i know progress i've got a show coming up this weekend and yes they've announced tentatively they've got a show a non no, no fans show in march about a month so Hopefully that's pointing in the direction that wrestling could be coming back soon. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I know everybody's everybody's chomping at a bit, and it's nice to see how happy everybody's been. To for those who are in, in, involved with the progress show and everything, like I said, I saw a lot of that being announced, and it's 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 nice to see that even if it's you know still out of the scope of possibility for a lot of companies that so master label to keep going, and like I say, hopefully it's a sign that we're we're heading in the right direction. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I, I love the the lineup for that show. It's, it's mm-hmm. about five of them I see regularly on the night of the Northwest scene, so so happy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Chris Ridgway is my boy, so uh, I'm always happy to see when he gets announced for something. And yeah, uh, I'll try and I'll hopefully be able to uh, to watch it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll, yeah, I probably some of the girls will want to watch it on Saturday night, so I'm sure I'll be watching Sunday morning with the kids. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> have you been binging any series you can recommend for the listeners? Um, not recently. I'm I'm more of a, a YouTube guy, to be completely honest. Um, right. The new the new season of Cobra Kai I watched when that came out. That's really yeah. good. Um, that's my that's my next thing to watch. Ah, yeah. Um, actually, Chris uh, was the one who suggested it, and we watched the first two series. Uh, oh, brilliant. When he was at when he was at mine uh, a while ago, and then obviously when the when the first season came out, uh, I was super excited for it. I seem to have a habit of watching a show, getting caught up, and then being like, "Oh, the new season's out in like two weeks or like a month." <laughs> so I seem to have a weird a weird uh, ability to do that. Yeah, I just realised the new season of Walking Dead's out in like two weeks, and I still haven't watched the second half of series nine yet, so I need to get around to watching that. So I've never I've put just, uh, back burner. Yeah, I've never watched Walking Dead. I've played all the video games and the video, the Telltale games. They're all great, but I've never watched like a second of the show. Oh wow! I love but it. I'm I'm like that with a lot of shows that you know, like um, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, all the like water cooler shows that like blow up. <laughs> I always seem to miss them. <laughs> and by then it's like, oh, they're on the sixth season. I'm like, six series is a big commitment of time. That's always the thing that puts me off is. You know, when something's been going that long, I'm like, oh, it, it does look cool, but nine series. 
Especially American series with like twenty odd episodes a series, so like an hour each. Yeah. So. These yeah, these British series tend to be like six six to eight yeah. episodes a series. So it's much more reasonable. What about wrestling wise? Are you usually a wrestling fan? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been for a long time. At the at the moment, I'm only really watching uh, AEW and Impact mainly, yeah. and then bits and pieces from other places, you know, just sort of when it comes up and, and as it catches my interest. But yeah, uh, I try and keep up with those two companies mainly. And of, of course, when they started the whole crossover uh, with that, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because, spoiler, Invasion storylines are my favourite storylines in all of wrestling. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that'll come up again. But I was like, oh, cool, the two promotions I'm actually watching are having a thing with each other. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm watching uh, AEW... MLW and NXT were the ones, mm-hmm. and then we might catch the highlights of WWE at the weekend if the kids want to watch it. But right. Yeah, I'd recommend MLW if you have a spare hour or 45 yeah. minutes a week. So. They're one of them companies that like I know about, but sort of like only from afar. I've never like watched them, but there's some guys that you know wrestle there and stuff that that I like. But it's it's always there's so much wrestling even now, even in the middle of COVID, where a lot of companies can't run. Yeah. They're still, you know, if you talk about Japan and then the companies that run in America, and mm. there's still so much going on. It's it's just the people who seem to know everything about every promotion just flabbergast me. I'm like, you must watch wrestling like eight hours a day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even sometimes with AEW, I watch like the hour highlight show. Just finding two hours a week to watch. Yeah, yeah, and definitely with running, running shows and all the work that goes into that as well. Not that you get burnt out on it, but all your wrestling energy is going into that. Um, so there's not always it's, a lot of it. Again, is time. But when KOW was running. It's you know it's it's really it's a time-consuming thing to promote shows. So mm. when lockdown started, I was like, oh yeah, I don't really watch that much wrestling now. And I was like, that's pretty bad considering. Um, and I was like, oh, I've got all this free time now. I was like, what should I watch? And I was like, oh, I used to like TNA back in the day, and I've watched mm. bits and pieces of them of Impact, but not really committed. So I started that, and then I'd started watching AEW and Dynamite started, and I'd fallen off. And I was like, right, let's let's watch AEW again. And I've been pretty good. I've missed the occasional. Episode yeah. of EV, but I've, I've I've done pretty well at keeping up with it. This is Sheriff Steele, and you've been listening to Broken but Glorious podcast. Do you have any ever have any ambitions of being a wrestler yourself? I actually started out training um, originally and had a handful of matches in in inverted commas. I wasn't very good. <laughs> I wasn't in the best shape. So, yes, technically I've, I have. But fairly quickly, I realized that mm, maybe this isn't for me. Um, you know, it's, it's more for the other people that I'm training with and that I'm friends with. And I always liked the creative side of wrestling more anyway. Yeah. So... Not, I won't jump ahead and get into sort of the KOW questions, but yeah, when basically an opportunity arose where it was sort of, I had been wrestling a little bit, wasn't super convinced it was, it was the right thing for me. And then basically sort of when KOW started up was when there was an opportunity to be more involved in the creative element. And sort of at that point, I was like, right, yeah, wrestling is not for me. My, my friends that are doing it, cool, fair enough. They're doing a lot better than I am. And I'll take on more of the creative and sort of show running responsibilities and to be honest i prefer that i i enjoy that i get a massive amount of satisfaction out of it there is a little part of me that would like to have a wrestling match in yeah. but it would like it's been something that's been 
mentioned and brought up for years like not not in like you know people being like oh andy please have a match but like you know so <laughs> like would you ever and i'm always like if it would make sense and if i thought it would be good yes yeah. but i'm not gonna do it for the just the sake of it just because i would like to do it like say it's it's one of those right time right place you know right storyline right opponent etc etc you know it would be it would be a fun thing to do it'd be a cool thing for me but it's always about what's best for the show overall and if that's not what's best for the show then that's not what we're going to do yeah i did say on the um, kow youtube channel that you've taken a couple of soft people so yes over the years i've been uh unfortunate enough to to cross paths with a few wrestlers who weren't very pleased with me so yeah i've been (laughs) trying to think i've been punched in the face with a steel chain Ooh. like super kicked and rko'd once or twice I've, I've largely managed to avoid it but there have been moments where i've uh, I've, I've been at risk <laughs> and then you decided to start a promotion so how did that come about so basically like to cut a long story short there was another company that ran so we're based in barrow in furnace uh, obviously yeah. you had rick and uh uh, share steel on uh, so you obviously know a little bit but basically it's it's known uh affectionately as the world's biggest cul-de-sac because there's only one way in and one way out yeah uh, there's the shipyard and then it's sort of if you're in the shipyard you're there for life i love the place don't get me wrong uh but basically there was a there was a company started up in ulverston which is like 10 minutes away basically um, yeah. very close by and then me and my friends at the time were all into wrestling and you know somebody found out about it and was like oh this place is uh, starting to do training they're going to do shows so we went there that ran for like maybe a year or two wasn't the best run thing in the world um i was kind of involved with like some of the booking and stuff and sort of helped out a little bit um but yeah, that ran for a little while, and then ultimately it closed. Um, and then essentially the people who owned it and uh, were bankrolling it basically came to us, you know, me and some of the other lads who'd been on the shows for a while, and basically said, we're not interested in running wrestling shows anymore. We've got a ring, we've got a lighting setup and a truss. You know, we, you, basically you've got everything you need to run a show. Do you guys want to run shows? We all got our heads together and said, yeah, let's move it to Barrow. Let's find a venue and let's start running shows. So basically we sorted that out. We got set up as a limited company. I should mention here as well, that in the in the very early days, there was another guy uh, who I won't name because I don't, I don't think he'll want to be named. But there was another guy who was running things and he was basically the guy that got KOW running. So I need mm-hmm. to give him credit because he was the one who for the first year and a half, two years or so was running things. And yeah, uh, we moved the ring to Barrow. We found somewhere to train. Eventually we found our first venue, which was perfect because we train there and run shows there um, and then yeah i think we we uh announced our first show a few months out and then was just promoting 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 and then our first show was november of 2012 and then we've we've just been going obviously apart from covid just been going since then uh, running five oh, six shows a year um you know we've got our own academy um you know you've obviously you've spoken to some of our graduates you know rick marcus and sheriff steel mm-hmm. uh who've both done on to do big things here and do things elsewhere as well. Um, you know, Chris Ridgway was originally one, you know, sort of one of the KOW originals in, in, in inverted commas. That's it's sort of, it's where he got his start basically. Um, he used to run the training, um, Craig Collins as well. Um, basically it's always sort of been, we've never had like a head trainer. It's always been, 
you know, sometimes two or three guys, basically the people with the most experience. So, like, say, Chris, obviously, when Chris started going everywhere and mm. getting, getting more work and going yeah. more tricks and as he took things. And then and then we've had sort of uh, Tubit, who's broke, who obviously, again, before COVID, had started to break out in a few different places, wrestle for Future Shock and stuff like that, which is actually quite near me, which was really cool. Um, and then Will Carter and uh, Luke Sneon, I'm sure, will come up later as well. And, yeah, we've we've been running shows ever since then. So how did you go about establishing your roster for your first show? Basically, a lot of it was from the previous company. So um, when we started, our very first show was very much like a camp show, you know, like three singles match and then a big tag match with all the lads that had been in the singles matches. Um, So it was mostly the people we'd brought over from there, um, the majority of whom are still on our shows now, um, and then a couple of other lads that we knew. Um, So Sean Vasey we knew because he wrestled in Morecambe um, and still has wrestled in Markham over the years as well. So we knew him and he was a good lad. So, and he knew Craig, uh, cause Craig was training there as well at the time. So we got him in. So yeah, to start with it, that was the case. And then it's always been, our thing has been that we want to promote local talent. So that's why the vast majority of our roster are from Barrow or the Northwest. Um, you know, we've got Ryan Grayson. Um, he comes down from Edinburgh. Um, that's probably the furthest I think that somebody somebody travels. But again, he oh, well, yes. wrestled in Markham. We knew him. Obviously, we we got on with him. We liked his character. So to start with, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of you know, Craig might be on a show with somebody, and you know, we I'd have gone to those shows, or me and the guy who were running at the time would go to those shows, you know, see what people were like. Or we just already knew them anyway. Um, and yeah, we we'd bring people in like that, and then about so yeah a lot of air first was a lot of people from markham basically because at the time it was xwa um, and and then paid promotions and then alpha omega um but throughout we've we've always had a, a pretty good relationship with the people running shows in markham and they're not like a sister company but we're very friendly with them you know the people we've run it we've always talked to we'll go their shows and support and there's a there is a fair bit of roster crossover uh so that was it originally and then i believe it was in our second year uh we did a show called knockout one which was uh, it was ironic because the idea was it was going to be knockout two and then knockout three but we only ever did yeah. one of them <laughs> But basically, the idea was because when we started, we did have such a small roster. Um, and like say, because it was about promoting local guys, we were always yeah. like, well, if everybody just wrestles each other and that's it, nobody's going to get better. Nobody's going to improve. Nobody's going to learn anything because you're just wrestling the same guys over and over. So that show we had um, Martin Kirby, um, oh, wow. RJM, as he was at the time, now Sam Gradwell, um Ryan Smile, Chris Brooks, and Damian Dunn, and we had uh, Chris Travis in the main event. Um, oh, wow. Great yeah, yeah, obviously. The, uh, the only time we got to have Chris on a show, um, but obviously honoured to have had him on the show, and uh, obviously he's greatly missed, but yeah. Um, and that was sort of our first dipping in the toe of sort of spreading the pool a little bit. Um, that show went really well. Um, you know, every everybody seemed to enjoy it. The crowd really enjoyed it. And then after that, Ryan Smile, Chris Brooks, and Damien Dunn became sort of a regular addition to the roster. Um, and then over time, we just sort of branched out and got more people from further afield. Again, partially with when Chris would travel to shows, a lot of the time he'd be like, I'm going to a show. I've got a lift. Do you want to come to a free wrestling show? 
I'd be like, all right, I've got nothing to do on Sunday. Let's go. So, you know, I'd, I'd go to like Pro Wrestling Kingdom in Birmingham, uh, SWA, you know, different companies that he was going to. And so yeah. because of that, I'd see these people. And then eventually we had uh, Dan Maloney, Drew Parker, yeah. Kid Lycos in his pre, before he was Kid Lycos. We had him on shows. Uh, I'm trying to think of other people, but yeah, though, you know, uh, we had Pete Dunn on a show. Um, a lot of a lot of that uh, sort of Birmingham crowd, but yeah, um, so we brought a lot of those guys up, and they were great. Um, you know, all really nice. Um, you know, worked worked hard, put on a good show, um, and they were, you know, they were sort of on shows for a couple of years, and really helped really boost things up, and really, you know, brought something different to the shows. And then uh, basically, we we had to move venue. Um, unfortunately, our original venue, the Cemetery Cottages, uh, got shut down. It's now been demolished, which is very sad. Um, and so we had to move to another venue, and basically because of that, we had to change a bunch of dates and loads of other boring stuff happened. And basically, because of that. The, the guys from the guys that we were bringing in from further afield couldn't make those shows basically yeah. so unfortunately oh. sort of it was only a couple of years but you know occasionally I'll, I'll see some of them guys on shows and say hi and they're all obviously doing you know really really well and that's that's really cool to see as well how how far as you know drew and brooks are in japan uh you know yeah. sam's in NXT UK, you know, uh, Dan Maloney was in NXT UK for a while. So, yeah, and then uh, nowadays it is literally just we want to find people who are local, if not Barrow, you know, uh, you know Josh Terry who comes to and uh, Jax Kelly there from Carlisle. You know, we've got people who come from Blackpool, uh, you know, people who come through from sort of Manchester area. And we generally when I'm looking at people like it's it's not just me there's sort of a little there's two or three of us who run things um and generally you know when when i was going to shows you know you know it happens sometimes somebody can't make a show for whatever reason so it'll be a case of right who do we know who's good um you know and, and a lot of times that'll mean the people come in but yeah generally we want younger guys people who maybe aren't don't have a massive platform because i think ge- generally they appreciate it more and we just like that anyway you know like that's what we're doing with a lot of our guys is there people who might only wrestle on our shows or only our shows in a couple of other places um and yeah it's it's you know just people we like people we get on with people who get on with everyone in the locker room you know just people are nice people we've been very lucky we've had we've had a couple of people who've had some very very minor issues with over the years but generally you know everybody's we've worked with you know we've had uh dan evans and scott oberman on a couple oh, of shows oh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah, two of my favourite. Yeah, Isaiah Isaiah Quinn. Um, we've had yeah. a couple of times. Joe, <laughs> Big Guns Joe as well. Um, and that's the thing. Um, it's sort of the the promoters' curse. There's so much talent, and there's so many guys I'd love to use, but we just don't have the spots for them. Like yeah. Dan and Scott, you know, any, you know, if there, if there's ever an opening, they'll be at the, you know, the top of my list of people I'd like to get hold of. You know, Isaiah Quinn as well. You know, and there's there's all these, and there's even guys that I've never worked with that, you know, I'd, you know, Joe Nelson, I'd love to, you know, have on a show. You know, the Young Guns. There's so much talent. You know, even just in the Northwest, not even the whole of the UK. That a lot of times I find myself at shows being like, hmm, I wish I could have this person on my show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, my. Um... Overman and Evans are like the top, the top two in my promotion, Vessel Island. Yes. Yeah. 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 Dan Evans is the champion. And until recently, or until the last show, Scott Overman was the number one contender, but he didn't (laughs) want to go for the title. He was like the gatekeeper. Yeah. You have to beat me to get through to Dan. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Cameron Solis beat him at the last show, so he's now the number one contender. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Did Oberman win the the Island Rumble? Is that right? Is that how he got the number one tenders? I might be getting No, he won. He won. Uh, I can't remember what he. He won. A, I think he won a gauntlet match. Ah, uh, okay. That might be why I got mixed up. Yeah, I, I like Wrestle Island's one of the promotions that, like, you know, like you've got an eye on. Like, I've never watched a show, but. You, they're clearly doing good things, you know. Um, oh, yeah, um, Connor Klein, C.I. Klein, he's been on yes. uh, some of our shows as well, and R.J. Silver. Um, so, you know, when even if we, we, we're not having them on our shows, I like to keep, an, you know, it's nice to see people doing well. So when they popped up there, I was like, oh, cool, that's something they're doing. And obviously, you know, uh, so that was a reason. I was like, oh, Dan and Scott are there and some other people I'm familiar with. So like say, I like to keep an eye on what's going on generally around and about and just, oh, this guy's doing cool stuff here and they've, they've got this cool storyline going on. And, you know, especially in the Northwest, just try and at least keep an eye on results and what's happening, even if, you know, I can't go to every show or watch every show. Mm. Mm, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so much, so much wrestling. It's hard to keep up with. It, so. So yeah, as, as, uh, I interviewed him, Keenan. He wrestles in London. He was bringing up all his names. I was like, I just don't have a clue about the London scene. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty alright with the northwest and bit of the Midlands scene, but I can't, again, I can't get that. I was mm-hmm. bringing up all these names. I was like, they sound amazing, but I just haven't got time yeah. to start researching London as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to. Um... Was it? I think it was Wrestle Ropes. I used to go on a lot. They used to have all the mm. results, and then hashtag wrestling as well. But I haven't done that in a long time. Actually, I've got the habit. Actually, it's probably because of COVID. Actually, I haven't done it in a long time. But yeah, I used to just go through all the results, you know, yeah. read them, just get an idea, you know, just like, oh, okay, this person's here. Oh, there's this guy. I've heard of him, you know, and just just keeping an eye out and just you know being aware of what's going on elsewhere as well because. I'm not going to lie, sometimes I've just stolen ideas. I'm like, oh, they did this, and that's really cool. I might do that at some point, and things like that. <laughs> so how did you go about choosing your first champion for the company? Well, actually, our first champion was the last champion of the previous company. Um, oh, okay. And when when we when we originally started, pretty much, we had had a discussion about him. We were like, do, what do we want to do? We were like, we want to have a champion. Do you want to crown a champion? And then we were like... I was like, we said, well, we don't just want to do a random singles match for the title because that, you know, it's the crowd's first time seeing him. We were like, it doesn't feel big enough. We were like, we could do a tournament, but then we were like, is a tournament a bit weird for a first show when it's going to be a family-friendly crowd? So ultimately, basically, just the first show, we already had a champion uh, and we just decided, right, you know, you were the champion there we're going to carry over the you know it was, it's the same title belt as well um you know we had it modified and stuff obviously but you know it was, it was the same physical belt and we just were like well it makes sense he was a bad guy we wanted a bad guy to be champion when we started anyway so we said right let's just start with you as the as the bad guy champion we'll have this first show that'll establish everyone nice simple camp show you know, after the last singles match, the bad guys come out and beat up all the good guys. And then, because I was the general, I was the general manager at the time, you know, get on the mic and, oh, you're bad guys, big tag match, blah, blah, blah. Good guys win. Everyone goes home happy. And then from there, we were like, right, and now we can start, you know, now we've established everyone. Now we can uh, build on that. But um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much how it went. Uh, in regards to the first show, I think we had, yeah, we had a title defense on the first show, and then, yeah, that's right, yeah. So he, he was already champion, but he did defend the title on the first show. You know, who, who was it? 
Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, um, Taylor West, um, who oh, is. Yeah, so he's he's been with us since uh, since day one. Uh, like I say, he's he's been involved throughout. He was champion as well, actually, right before uh, lockdown happened. Um, so yeah, he was our first champion. Um, you know, just had the, you know, he's a big guy. He's imposing. Uh, you know, confident in himself, and you know, his his ability. Uh, to talk and rile up a crowd, which he's, he's, I can say from experience of these, he's very good at. So yeah, which yes. like, you're a solid, you're a solid guy to start with having the title. And obviously then we can have one of the good guys chase after you and chase after you. And that can be our first big, you know, real feel good moment as a company. So as you mentioned, you do bring in um, big names from now and then. How do you decide who gets to wrestle the big names? Or do you have a, like a go-to guy to bring to wrestle? Not, not specifically. I mean, for knockout one, because we brought so many guys in, basically the idea was that um, I think uh, Brooks, Damo, and uh, Ryan had a triple threat, but every other match on that was one of our guys versus one of the imports. Mm. And then once we were bringing Brooks, Smile, and Damien in regularly, because we like basically for a long time we were bringing at least two or three guys every single show, so there was never really a situation where it was like you know, one person gets to wrestle someone and that's it. It was always a case of, right, well, we've booked this person for five shows, so that's, you know, five matches. You know, sometimes they'd wrestle. It, it was it was basically just what we needed in terms of the storyline, yeah. what we also, you know, who we thought would benefit the most from wrestling these guys, you know, in terms of, right, who's our, who's our best guys, who's our best in-ring guys, who, by having this match, might get a chance, you know, with wrestling, a lot of it is word of mouth. You know, if you have a good match with somebody, you know, and somebody has good things to say about you, that can help you get booked elsewhere and those sorts of things. So it's almost always on a case-by-case basis. But like I mentioned before, my sort of ethos for everything in KOW is it's, it's what's best for the show. So if I would like to, you know, say, I'm trying to think of an example, book Craig Collins versus Chris Brooks, but yeah. it doesn't make sense on this show, I'll be like, right, I want to do that match. But it doesn't make sense on this show. So leave that for now and we'll come back to it. But we, I tried to spread, you know, spread the wealth as much as was possible. Cause like I say, it was, it was because obviously they're all really talented guys, but it was so we could be like, right, every, you know, let's try and get everyone to get to sort of, you know, rub shoulders with these guys, you know, people with different experiences, you know, oh, we've trained right. different people and that sort of thing. But yeah, no, there's, there's never really been an issue like that. Um, in in regards to who we put them against or anything like that. Definitely a knockout one. You know, that was a show where we were sort of like, sorry, lads, but we're not going to need some of yours because, like, say it was only five-match card and, you know, seven of the spots were taken up with with guys from outside. But that's the only real time. And to be honest, I've always hated leaving guys off shows. I always feel really bad for doing it. Um, Like, if it's literally just, sorry, there's not a spot for you, I always feel dead bad about it. But, yeah, we've only ever had a couple of occasions where we've had to do that. So it's never really been an issue. And and the good thing is because... um, it's it's a family friendly promotion, but it is like a family as well. There's not really ego or you know people getting upset at each other or upset at me for making certain decisions because it is very open. You know, if 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 I've booked something, it's fully known that you know even on the day of the show, somebody you know say you know. Rick might come up to me and say, oh, right, what am I doing? Okay, this is the plan. And you might be like, oh, what about if we do this instead? Or I could do this little thing. And that's that's why I enjoy a lot about it. A lot of it is collaborative. Yeah. I know some bookers, it's very much, you're doing this, you're saying this, that's it, you're done. Like, there's no... 
and that's fine. If that's how Simeon's run their promotion, that's absolutely fine. But we've always been open to that because, again, it's what makes the show better. And I'm only one brain and someone else might be like oh this is a better idea and i'm like oh that is a better idea let's run with that and then somebody else might chime in like the amount of times on show days we've just had five or six lads in the ring <laughs> talking about one other person's match yeah. um, i remember one match we would do we were going to do a flag match on one show um Vasey against Grayson because Grayson's Scottish and he did the whole you know I hate England shtick and Vasey was sticking up for England and the big bluff was going to be a flag match and I had a plan for how it was going to work and we worked it all out and we got there on the day of the show and we were like ah we can't put the flag up like this it's not going to work oh, wow. and, and like the entire roster was stood around the ring going why don't could we do this or maybe that and then, and then eventually we managed to get aside but that's a regular occurrence where there'll be numerous people you know around the ring or around where i'm sat being like oh have you thought about doing this or what if this thing happened and that's really fun as well because um and it like say it's, it's satisfying to make shows better and i always think it's good you know it, it's it's this person's character it's them that's going out there and you know you know wrestling and performing so i'd never you know i'll be like this is what i have for you is that cool Rather than this is what I have for you, go and do it. <laughs> so when you decide on uh, like ongoing storylines, from do you book the wrestler first and then go? Well, I want here's your first match to the end and fill the story in, or do you just book it show to show and see where it goes? I I'm very long term to the yeah. point where um, some of the other guys who are involved with the run of Kodo, you actually make jokes about it. Like I literally have stuff for like two years from now and stuff like that. Um, like by the time we finished the seventh anniversary show, I already knew what was going to be main event in the tenth anniversary show. Oh wow! Like, yeah. Things like that. But this is just because the 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 problem, the, the gift and the curse with with booking is you you'll book something. And be like, okay, that's awesome, that's cool, I'm dead happy with that, it's 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 going to work out really well, awesome. But then the payoff is a year from when you finished writing it. Yes. So you're then like waiting a year, and it's a satisfying journey, you know, all the parts along the way are cool, and seeing how things sort of twist and change as we go. But th- that's the issue is, when we are running shows, I'll know what we're doing that year, and usually about three to six months into the year, I'm like, right, what are we doing next year? what's the where are we going from here um but yeah it it really it really depends um some ideas are more uh it depends what i come up with first sometimes i come up with a cool ending to a story and sometimes i come up with just a, a generally an idea that i like or even sometimes the start of um, a story. I mean, uh, a good story is Sheriff Steele, who was on him and King Ryan Grayson um, formed a team called Steel Justice. Yeah. Um, and they were really popular. You know, they were our first tag team champions. They basically convinced me to have a tag team championships in KOW because I always said, we've got two titles. That's enough. We don't want yeah. too many too many belts but yeah they killed it they had some like toy belts there was like my little tester who was like we'll give you some fake belts that we won't acknowledge and it'll play into your character and if it goes well maybe we'll go with it but <laughs> literally with them there was a show where Grayson had always been a bad guy Steel had sorry Grayson had always been a bad guy Steel had always been a good guy um and we had basically a strange bedfellows sort of situation where Steel had a tag match and needed a partner he hadn't got anyone, and then Grayson had an issue with who Steele was wrestling, so he was like, I'll tag with you. So they had a tag match, um, and then 
that basically snowballed in them actually becoming a team. And the reason they tagged in the first place was because we were talking before a show, and I think Grayson jokingly said, you should put me and Jock together, and we'll be like, sorry, Sheriff Steele, Jock's his nickname, <laughs> slipping in the names. Um, you should have us as a tag team, and we can be like, you know, the bad guy and the good guy, and he's trying to uphold justice, and I'm a rule breaker. And I think maybe they even came up with a name then, or jokingly threw it around. And we all just went, ah, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. And then, like, two days later, I went, oh, yeah, that would be cool. And then it ended up becoming a thing. So a, a lot of times, you know, offhanded, you know, Sometimes offhanded comments will end up leading to actually being a storyline. Um, you know, sometimes people will come to me with their own ideas and suggestions and that ends up being stuff. But I mean, at first there was actually some hesitation about having uh, storylines in KOW um, when oh, we wow. first, you yeah. know, not from me. I always, I always pushed for it. Um, and I understand the point they were making, but basically the point they were making was it's families, it's kids. Like, are they going to, keep up with you know storylines that run over shows you know we only run five shows a year etc and my point was always yes they can kids aren't yeah. stupid like, kids aren't stupid they're kids but they're not kids aren't dumb like i can still remember bits of smackdown from when i was that age and like like there's a there's a four-way cruiserweight match that's burned into my skull from an episode of smackdown that i've never been able to find and i'm like i can still remember that so <laughs> kids definitely can so at first there was a bit of resistance and i sort of had to push for it and i was like if we're not doing storylines it's just going to be shows of the same lads wrestling each other over and over again you know, and no, no development. So the first, the first big storyline we did really was, like I said, um, people going after Taylor West for the championship. Um, so uh, at the time he was called Marcus Gabriel, but now he's called Mark Morellis. Uh, so he was sort of the big good guy who was going to go after the title. Yeah. Um, that was most of the first year. Um, they had like, you know, they had a match where West cheated to win, and then I think they had a non-title match where if uh, Gabriel won, he'd get a title shot, and then eventually there was the blow-off, and, you know, it was lots of drama. I was the, sp- I was the special guest referee because I was the general manager at the time, and Taylor West attacked me earlier on in the show, and, you know, there was a ref bump, and I came in, oh, and really? lots of hoopla, and he, he eventually won. Um, so that was the first real big, um, like, payoff, and, you know, the fans were all super into it, and they got they got really behind him. One thing I'd say is the KOW fans have always been super loud um, and super appreciative and just a really good crowd. You know, even people who've come from, you know, out of Barrow have said, you've got, like, they're a good crowd, they're dead loud, they're dead into it, they always you know, give a lot of energy back to you. Um, so that has always, that's always really helped. And then from there, the first, like, big, big, big storyline, rather than just, you know, an individual feud, was the, the triad storyline. Um, so at the time, me and the guy used to run things. I, like, we sort of booked together. Um, it wasn't just me. We did it collaboratively, and then I helped out with other bits and pieces as well, as well as being the general manager. And basically, yeah. as I said earlier, Invasion storylines are my favourite thing ever. Love Invasions. The CZWRH feud, love it. Like, when I was a kid, and I, I think it's probably because when I was a kid, I remember one of the first wrestling shows I saw in full, or at least when I was a little bit older, was Survivor Series. It was 2001, was it? The Invasion, the big blow-off? Was that yes. all one? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, that was the first show. And obviously, you know, when you get older, there's the whole, oh, they didn't bring the stars in and, oh, you know, all this other stuff that people mourn about. But as a kid, seeing that, like, hype package for that match, I was like, oh, my God. 
Yes, like, <laughs> that, that got me back into wrestling. That really I didn't even know there were other wrestling companies. Like I just thought, you know, when I was a kid, I just thought it was WWF. That was it. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't watch WCW or ECW, so I didn't know that they went to stores. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Even though I was, yeah. I was like nineteen, twenty. I just, I just, didn't yeah. I did. I missed the whole Attitude Era. I stopped watching yeah. in ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Well. I must have seen it. It must have been at least a good couple of years after it happened, I think. I think based on how old I was. But yeah, like I literally, like at the time, I was just like, oh yeah, there's WWF and WWE. I was like, as far as I knew, that was it. You know, there was like wrestling that came to our local venue once a year that I was, you know, vaguely aware of. But as far as I was aware, so it's like, wait, there's other wrestling companies where they're invading and there's a big fight and a big hype package. And yeah, I think that's probably what led to, led to my love of invasion storylines. But basically, uh, to go back to the original point, um, the, the triad storyline, which is sort of my, me and, uh, the, the other guy's baby basically, um, was, I think it started with, so one of our biggest good guys through the entire history of KOW. And he's also one of the, been one of the trainers at our Academy's nightmare. Um, he wears a mask, you know, sort of heavily influenced by Delirious, Jigsaw, Hallow Wicked, those sorts yeah. of characters. Um, he was like second or first top good guy when we first started. And um, I used to actually live with the guy who, who used to promote things as well. Yeah. Um, we, we were both smokers at the time. Um, and we used to go out in the garage because it was rented. So obviously we didn't want to smoke inside. So we used to go and sit in our garage. And that was where we'd talk about stuff a lot. And I think we, we, if I remember right, we were just sat in the garage. And I can't remember who said it, but one of us went, do you think we could turn Nightmare into a bad guy? And I think the other one was like, what? They were like, do you think, do you think we could make him a bad guy? And we were like, cause we, that was, we did that a lot when we were starting. We sort of challenged ourselves with things. We were like, what's a sort of idea that we wouldn't think would work really well? Okay. Can we actually do that? So that was how it started. And basically to cut a very long storyline short, it started off with when Taylor West lost the belt, he basically went like mental pretty much. Um, yeah. He vanished. At that point, he took a break from wrestling for a while as well. So he wasn't going to be wrestling for a little while. Um, so he was going to be like, right, well, you know, he's still going to be involved. He's like, you know, maybe I can be a manager. Maybe I can, you know, do something else is what he ended up doing. And so what we ended up having was Taylor West came back as a manager um, and he sided with Chris Ridgway. Uh, Chris Ridgway joined him and formed the triad. Um which was a pretty big deal at the time. And then, so that had already started and the whole thing was West was, you know, furiously lost the title and he was going to get revenge on the company and et cetera, et cetera. And the triad was how he was going to do it. We had the like Illuminati all C and I for like their logo and like triad in a cool font. Um, still, still, still a massive fan of, um, yeah. And then basically our first anniversary show, the big, cause, his first time show, I wanted to make it a big deal. The show ended with, so Gabriel was still champion, and Nightmare was had just won like our Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah, um, every everyone's ripped that off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he he had one of that, and Chris Ridgeway had just won our first Road to Gold tournament, and so with. West help. That was when, like, it was the big reveal that they were together. And then, if you won the tournament, you got a title shot. So it was Ridgeway and Gabriel for the title in the main event of the anniversary show. And earlier that night, uh, Nightmare won the Money in the Bank. So Ridgeway and Gabriel have their match. West does get involved, but only Gabriel wins. Cool. 
good guys have won, bad guys have lost. Um, Nightmare comes out, cashes in his contract. Um, they have a match. Nightmare wins. Okay. Bit of a surprise, but all right, Nightmare's the new champion. Cool. After the match, try again in the ring. Rest of the KOW locker room comes out. I'm in there as well. Sort of two lines form. You know, guys facing off. Nightmare, who's the new champion, you know, new face of the company, walks forward, gets in gets in West's face, gets in Ridgeway's face, opens his arms, big hug. Everyone everyone loses their mind. Everyone was like, what's going on? Like, I, I rewatched the footage from the show recently, and there was literal gasps in the crowd, which, as a booker, that's what you want, is the reactions. So when I listened to that back, I was, I remember I was so proud. But yeah, um, so everybody in, all the good guys in the ring are like, what's going on? Jake gets his nearly one title, cracks me in the face with it. Massive brawl. Um, and then the three of them lay me out and end the show. And that was the start of our first big storyline. Um, and then Brooks joined, Dunn joined, Maloney joined later on. It got a little bit, it, as often happens in storylines and booking, things change either through choice or through circumstance. But eventually over time, yeah, you know, I'm not going to recap the whole storyline. I obviously will be here all day. But basically it built and built and built. And then Craig Collins, who had been a bad guy for a long time, yeah. part of the storyline was um, the good guys being like, he was the only person who hadn't clearly picked a side. He didn't come out and back up KOW, but he hadn't joined the triad. Wester tried to get him to join. People from KOW had been like, come on, you need to help us out. Eventually he was like, okay, right, I'm on KOW side, turned full on good guy. And sort of he became the spearhead of the resistance so to speak um, and eventually the blow off was that he won the second road to gold beating two members of the triad um, in the finals oh god damn the so- I just realised I was like god damn Andy you put so much in the storyline um, <laughs> midway through the storyline Nightmare actually got kicked out of the triad and KOW and Ridgeway stole the title from him as well so at this point Ridgeway is champion um, in what would go on to be our longest reigning uh, he would go on to be our longest range. I mean, still is now. Um, so basically, the the fine, the finale, the blow off was Ridgeway Collins thirty minute Ironman match, thirty minute Ironman match for the title. Um, on that show, me and West as sort of like the you know he was the manage manager for the triad and like the leader of the triad, and I was Jeremiah Kato. We had like a big head to head talk in the ring, and we added the stipulation: if Ridgeway wins, I would quit. And West would get my job and get to basically take over the company. And yeah. if Colin wins, the triad has to disband. And that was a huge match. You know, we had a big brawl where all the other triad guys got kicked out of the venue. We had a moment where me and West finally got face to face. And I hit him with a couple of kendo stick shots, which oh, got, <laughs> which got a really good reaction. I was very nervous about it before we did it because I was like, I'm, I'm the GM. Like, uh, is anybody actually going to care? And it went really well. And then. You know, lots of drama coming down the wire. Collins won with, I think, an armbar. No, is it an armbar he's using the time or a knee bar? A knee bar, I think, he's using the time. Won with that. And that was sort of our first big, like, big, almost like season finale. And that is someone later called it that when they were talking about it. He said that show was like the season finale. And I was like, yeah, it kind of was. But that was our first big storyline. But yeah, you've probably already realized I can talk about KOW for ages. So I'll, I'll shut up about that for now. That's <laughs> fine. That was amazing. <laughs> My next question was, what would be what's your favourite storyline so far? <laughs> but, 
it, it might it might be the triad. Yeah. But there are others that I'm very, very fond of as well. Um, I won't go into them in, in, as, in as much detail, but we had a storyline where uh, Lucas Neon, who is one of our Academy graduates, he came up at the same time as Will Carter and 2-Bit. They all had their first match together, which is a very proud moment, I have to say. Those lads all started training when they were like 12, 13. Oh, wow. So I feel like people in KOW have literally watched them grow up, and people who came to Academy shows have seen them from 13 to now in their 20s wrestling. Um, so they're all like they're all like my little brothers, uh, which is which is really nice. Yeah, and um, they all debuted together. But when they started, I was like, initially I was like, Will's gonna be the guy who starts off really hot. Uh, Two bits gonna be the guy who is solid, um, and will be like the second guy uh, to get there. But Lucas is always gonna be the last one. Yeah, um, because Lucas's biggest strength is his ability to garner sympathy. He's very good at it. Um, like he, within the couple of he's he was before we closed, uh, not closed. Obviously, we we stopped running shows because of COVID. Was the most popular guy on our roster, oh, and when nice. you consider there's guys who've been on shows for seven years, and at that point he'd only been on them for a couple of years. Um, that's really well done. But basically, yeah. So at first he just, he didn't get a lot of wins. He lost a lot, but. You know, when I talked to him, I said, I know you're losing a lot, but it's because you're really sympathetic and I want people to, you know, if you win a lot, I don't think it'll work as well. Whereas if you lose a bit at first, when you do get that upswing, everyone's going to be behind you because they've seen you beaten down and struggling and then they'll be, you know, so happy when you take off. So Will Carter was our showcase champion, which is sort of our, you know, middle of the card more. More athletic, younger guy-ish sort of title. Um, Will won that first, and then uh, 2-Bit had it afterwards. And we did a storyline where 2-Bit was aligned with Matt Morellis, and they were bad guys. Um, and Morellis wanted Neon to join. He said no, and that started a whole storyline where basically Mark and 2-Bit were coming after Neon. Eventually, there was a match where Morellis won Neon's contract, so Neon had to be like, you know, their lackey and was forced into it. Um, couple of shows where, you know, he was just getting beaten down and berated. We had one of the loudest reactions I ever heard where um, yeah. 2-Bit and Neon were in a tag match. Mark was at ringside and they were just berating him the whole match. You know, 2-Bit would slap him to tag him in. Mark was calling him all sorts and at one point Mark jumped on the apron. And all, all Neon did was punch him and I thought the roof was going to come off. Everyone went oh, absolutely wow. crazy. And then we, we had a big blow-off ladder match where, you know, it was Neon's freedom on the line and he finally won. And again, that got an, an insane reaction. You know, these were like the bits where I was like, okay, yeah, this is... And that that's the thing as, as, a, as a booker. Obviously, as a wrestler, the the feedback is, is more immediate in regards to your working directly off that crowd. Whereas a booker, you're trying to think in advance of what people are going to react to and what people are going to enjoy. So for me, it's always those big moments. And then another storyline that I really liked was when I turned into a bad guy. That's one of my personal favorites, uh, which again, I think was, was done. I, I don't want to sound like I'm just tooting my own heart, but I think it was done pretty well. But again, you know, lots of people have input in all of these, I should say. Um, so, you know, many, many hands are responsible for, for these storylines and them coming off as, as well as they do. And obviously the wrestlers and obviously, you know, I'm just, I'm just the guy who writes ideas and they're the guys who actually go out and do it all. 
but yeah, so I was the general manager for a very, very, very long time, uh, five years, uh, which was great, great fun. I didn't want to do it at first, um, or at least I wasn't very comfortable doing it, being in front of a crowd and, you know, I didn't have the best self-confidence, but it did help with that. And I grew into it a lot more over time and got a lot more confident. But, um, so when Nightmare was kicked out of the company, as I mentioned earlier, he did eventually come back as a good guy. Um, and then sometime later in all his matches, this weird music and messed up Stike was playing and like costing him matches and distracting him. And this was going on for months and months and nobody yeah. really knew was and like nightmare you know he nearly attacked like a member of security and stuff like that he was getting pushed to his breaking point so then finally on a show i think it was after he he went on a big losing streak because of it i think he lost like five six matches in a row he hadn't picked up a win in a very long time or at least not a big win in a very long time because his whole thing when he came back was he wanted the title back because it was stolen from him and he, he just hadn't he'd had two or three big title shots and he'd always come up short so finally on a show uh I think it was after his match and the music started and the music of the stag started again and I come out and basically say, I think I know who it is. I think it's Taylor West who hadn't been seen since the end of the triad storyline when he'd been mm-hmm. kicked out of the company. I think it's Taylor West. Like it makes sense. He hates you. You know, you're partially responsible for him being kicked out of the company, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I was like, right, I'm going to have you back. We've always had each other's backs. You know, we'd had, over the years, there've been numerous segments where you know he'd saved me, or I'd you know re- you know reversed a match or whatever, and um, you know had an established you know relationship and friendship. So I was like, you know, I'm only a GM, I'm not a wrestler, but you know I've got my kendo stick, which sort of became a bit of a, an occasional signature for me at that point. So if he shows up, I'll have you back. Um, so no, I don't think he was wrestling actually. But so later on, he has his match. I think he wins. I think it was the first time he won in a while, actually. And the stag starts. Um, so I run out with the kendo stick. We're both back to back in the ring, circling. The lights are down low. Not completely off, but down low. We're circling and it stops. So we're sort of both looking around and we're like, okay, he's not here. And again, I remember people in the crowd were like looking at the doors at the back of the venue and there was doors at the side that people would occasionally come in through and people were like craning to try and see. He didn't show up. And then I just turn around and whack him with a kendo stick. Oh, wow. Um, unmask him. Again, really good reaction. And the best thing about that was I didn't clue in a lot of the guys. Yeah. Uh, sort of the actual company. Because I wanted that I didn't want... Because um, at some point early on, we had some issues where we'd heard that maybe word had got to some people mm-hmm. about stuff that was going to happen. So for a, I don't do it now, but for a while, certain things I kept quite close to the chest. So there was only a handful of people that knew about it. And literally that day, like people coming up to me like going, oh, so Glenn, uh, Taylor's coming back on this show. And I was like, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, what's the deal? Like, because he hasn't been here. I was like, oh, like five minutes far, I'm going to text him. He's going to drive around. He's going to be at the side door. He's going to run in. And he's like, okay, cool. Uh, I should ask, is swearing cool on this? That's fine, Cool. So I remember I did it. I hit him. It got a really good reaction because whenever something like I've always been very cognizant of not wanting to overly insert myself into things because I know that is a thing. You know, it's, it's a known wrestling promoters, you know, putting themselves in matches or making themselves a big feature. So I was always like, I never I'm never going to do a wrestling move like and if I ever do anything to a wrestler, it's going to be with a weapon. So that's why, like, you know, the couple of times I've had a Kendall six, I'm like, I'm not a wrestler. It makes no sense to be going in there and, you know, hit an RKO or a super kick. It, like, it just makes no sense. And to me, I just think it makes the wrestlers look bad. You know, if some, you know, 
pudgy, chubby general manager is there, like, laying out, you know, a wrestler who's meant to be one of the, you know, the baddest guys on the roster or whatever it is. Yeah. So I always got super nervous. and I'd always, you know, talk to people and be like, is this cool? Is it too much? Am I making myself too big of a thing? And people would always be like, no, it's fine. It makes sense. Whatever. So I was nervous before we did it, but it went really well. The the crowd was shocked. You know, there's a, there's a picture again, because Will Carter at the time was doing security for us. And there's, it's either a picture or it's a video. And he's just got his hands on the back of his head with his mouth, like fully agape. And I was like, yeah, okay, it worked. And I went back through the curtain. And the first person I saw was Sheriff Steele when I came through the curtain. And he just went, you bastard. It's like, sorry, sorry, I just didn't want to ruin it. And legitimately, like, half the lads in the locker room were like, what? What's happening? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad guy now, and we're going into a storyline. And they were all like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And they were like, how long have you known about this? I was like, oh, like, six months. And they were like, what? So, yeah, so then I got, being a bad guy is much more fun. Honestly, being a good guy is nice because it is nice getting clapped, but being a bad guy is so much fun. So that was really cool. I got to, you know, toy with that a little bit. And eventually, it basically, my whole thing became when you formed the triad, you caused me like two years of misery. You know, you've, you've come back. You, you're a failure. You weren't the one who beat them. You can't win a match anymore. I'm going to make sure you're never champion again. That was my whole thing. Like, it's my quest. Your nightmare oh, never wins oh, yeah. the best again. And eventually, I ended up real- aligning with West, which was another massive shock because we always hated each other. But through mutual hatred of uh, Nightmare, we came together. And then uh, Ridgeway joined as well. And we had a little thing for a while. And then eventually, we had a big blow-off, where it was my team versus his team. And the losing team captain had to disband. Uh, my team lost. I got... Uh, he does the mist, so I got like red misted at the end, and Sheriff Steele and uh, Grayson were in the middle of their Steel Justice character, so they came out and handcuffed me yeah. and escorted, <laughs> and you like, you know, kicking and crying and causing oh, a big right. fuss as I did the whole na na na, hey hey, goodbye song at me. And again, that was really cool. Not nice. Uh, mist, by the way. It's basically another guy spitting in your face, pretty much. (laughs) They put the liquid in there, but it's usually not instant that they can spit it. So, yeah, (laughs) most pleasant, but it was was worth putting up with. And, yeah, and that, like, wrote me off for a little while. But, yeah, those are probably, off the top of my head, three of my favourites. But there's been... There's been a lot of, of ones that I'm really proud of, and I think I think that's the thing that makes us stand out is our characters and our yeah. storylines uh, above anything else. Um, you know, like say for you know, Nightmare was the good guy who turned his back on the company and then returned as the prodigal son. You know, eventually went on a road to find. You know, I think it was two years it took all in all for him to finally get the belt back. Um, you know, he's had his story. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, the, the two bits and the, the Will Cars and Luke's Neons who've come on recently. You know, we've had Sheriff Steele, who you've had on, who started out as a, secu- a security guard and yeah. then with Gabriel Steele, you know, then became Sheriff Steele. So that's, that's what's cool to me. And that, that is personally what interests me the most in wrestling. I love a good wrestling match. I love, technical wrestling i love seeing two big hard lads knocking the hell out of each other but for me that is like so much and you can that's what you remember though isn't it the storylines yeah and that's always been my point is you might remember an individual move or spot on the match but it's the moments and the storylines that will really stick in people's heads um 
that's why it's you know it and it's 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 a great job to have you know um it's it's a lot of work but it is a real passion project you know i've had days where i've you know nights where i've woken up at 2am and got the loo and an idea's popped into my head and you know for the next hour being like oh yeah and then we could do this and oh this guy can come in here and do that and oh like stuff like that you know i've you know the weirdest situations you can think of i've had ideas for stuff to do um you know storyline wise and, and things like that so it's 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 awesome and it, it's very rewarding and it's it's rewarding seeing people step into these roles and step into these storylines and take them on and make them their own as well um, and get and you know people that's the good thing as well people always knock out of the park and i know that you know these are guys that i can rely on to do a great job and that you know give a lot you know we have we do have a lot of creative freedom especially with matches a lot of the time it'll be this guy's winning and occasionally this guy's winning can we do a dirty finish or can we do this guy running and that's usually it you know that's all we you know and again i know some companies it's this is the match this is you know this is the structure on etc but it's it's always been you know, I am not a wrestler, so I am not going to tell a wrestler how to do his job. I'm going to say what I would like. You know, you're a bad guy. You know, I want you to get this aspect of your character over, or I would like some sort of shenanigans for the for the end of the match. But it's it's always and you know it's always a discussion, and and that's part of it. Collaborating is what makes it fun. I think if it was just I book everything and everyone does as I say, I wouldn't have anywhere near as much fun doing it, and they wouldn't work out as well as they do. This is Rick Marcus, and you've been listening to Broken But Glorious Podcast. Right, so if you're promoting, like, a KOW super show, using wrestlers you've ever worked with, trained with, wrestlers that are associated to you or the promotion in some way, if I give you a match type, you tell me where you put that match. Okay, yeah, perfect. So who will be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Um, I think we have a lot of good... Uh, I'd have a lot of good options for this, um... But I think I'll go for one that I I, I know will will deliver and be a great match. I would go with Rick Marcus against Josh Terry. Oh yes. Um, Josh, for anyone who might not know, wrestles out of Carlisle. Has wrestled for NXT UK as well. Uh, he was he's, on this week, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. Um, very, very, very talented. Um, obviously trained by Johnny Moss and now runs the school up there. Incredible high flyer, but you know has a really good fundamentals as well um very athletic very good looking as well which doesn't do any harm you know <laughs> some of the mums are sure definitely uh, like a bit of like a bit of josh terry um and then rick um you know more of a physical style big intimidating hard looking lad um lovely human being i should say outside of the ring as well um great guy guy, yeah um but yeah and also the contrast of styles josh does like say a lot of the more high flying acrobatic stuff rick's a lot more no nonsense punch you in the face kick you slam you um yeah and we've had it on before and it was a great match then they've only both gained more experience you know um since then so that'd be a cracking match you'd really get the crowd going josh is great getting the crowd behind them rick's great getting the crowd to hate him so yeah if i was gonna pick one that would that would that would probably be the best way we could kick off a show, I think. Yeah, now Rick's even more beardy and even more muscly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just the <laughs> amount of times I've seen a picture of him, it's like Jesus, Rick, you look absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And in yes. the, in, 
in the best way possible. I've, I've been trying to get in better shape lately. Of course, that's taken, unfortunately, taking a backseat because of gym's closing and stuff. So he's both actually, Rick and uh, Sheriff, who've, who've both been on, have, have both had some real transformations in terms of their bodies. So they're both good inspirations for me and really encouraging as well. So, but yeah, Rick is looking ridiculous. I know he's absolutely jumping at the bit. I think he's one of the lads that I'll have to go up to backstage and be like, right? Don't hurt, like I know, but you ran it in a tiny bit for me because I don't want you getting hurt on the show. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that'd be that'd be built in. I think I think you could put that match on pretty much anywhere, and I think mm. it do really well. Yeah, it is. How about a comedy match? Um, for this one, I'm gonna go to. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure the guy who gets mentioned ninety percent of the time you ask this question, but Big Joe. Um, yes. <laughs> like uh, again, another absolutely lovely guy. Uh, another person who's been very supportive with me trying to trying to get in better shape and stuff lately as well. Um, so like so good, so good. Um, we had him on our very last show before lockdown. He was in our again. It's called the Vertigo Ladder Match. We call it, but it's our Money in the Bank shtick, mm-hmm. which now is like an annual thing at the anniversary show. Absolutely stole that match and probably stole the whole show. Did a belt in job. You know, we've got like the ring steps to get in the ring. He brought that in, ran and jumped off them to try and get in, you know, landed <laughs> in other wrestlers' arms and got suplexed. He's, you know, absolute money. Um, and I'm really happy to see that he's been going every, again, he's on that progress show. That's awesome. Very happy for him that he's, he's getting a platform like that to perform on. Really funny. Uh, you know, he can work as a good guy and a bad guy, you know, as his, work in future shock and elsewhere as as sean you know i don't know if you've i don't know if you've seen the clip of when he slammed cyanide at future shock yes yes amazing like i messaged him immediately after watching i was like that is what wrestling is like right there that was it like that, that minute that's, 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 it. was that his face turn that, that yes yes i think it was very very gradual and then that was mm-hmm. the match where he, he fully turned but yeah you know he, he can be a good guy or a bad guy very funny very creative with what he comes up with regularly as me and you know the other lads in in stitches with the stuff he, he's doing in matches and yeah like <laughs> legitimately like our fans we'd had him on a couple of times before but this was going to be like the start of us having him on regularly and hopefully when everything's back to normal if he's not become too big of a star for us (laughs) hopefully he's going to be a regular fixture but yeah um you know fans either loved him or hated him but it was in an extreme either way um and then against him i would have uh shawnee uh, otherwise known as sean vasey previously um Partially for the size dynamic, because uh, obviously Joe's thing is I'm the biggest guy, and uh, Sean is a, a very big guy. Um, sick, I, I couldn't tell you his height actually. He's very big. He's a very big lad. Is he the best actor right now? Fortunately, I don't have my old ring announcing notes room with me, otherwise I could have checked. But yeah, and also he has recently taken on a more comedic, colourful character. Originally, uh, he was Mr. Big Sean Vasey, you know, red and blue singlet. Yeah. Uh, you know, was a big guy, big guy style, but now, you know, he has like the glow sticks, the tie guy, the tie dye shirt, you know, much more of a fun sort of comedic character. And I think they would have a really fun match. They've got the size dynamic to play off and they both are good at that style. So I think that would, that would go really well. And it is a match I would like to do at some point. So if you are a KOW fan watching, that might happen at some point. You never know. Amazing. What about a women's title match? Um, now I do have to mention now we have never actually had a female wrestler on a KOW show and yeah, that is 
that is that is purely because we've never had a female trainee that's been show ready. That's literally the only reason. Yeah. Um, because, like, say, because we bring people in to wrestle our guys, we haven't done it. I would like to do intergender wrestling at some point. Um, that would be cool to do. I'm I've always been a big fan of intergender wrestling. But just to preamble it by saying, so these aren't going to be people I've worked with, but they're people I would love to um, and would absolutely love to have on a show if I could. Um, so, yeah, the women's title match I would have would be Lana Austin and Millie McKenzie, I think is Ooh. what I would go with. Yeah. Um, Lana is, you know, she's she's been around for years. She's a really good good guy. Um, you know, she, she's been bad guy places I've seen as well, but generally where I, when I've seen her, she's been a good guy. You know, and again, she's one of those people you can bring on a show and everyone in the crowd's going to know straight away this is something we can cheer, this is somebody we can get behind, and I think yeah. the crowd will really love, because I think that's all. That's always something we have in mind when we bring someone new in, is it's their first show, we want to introduce them, because our crowd take a little while to get warmed up to people, like one or two shows, but when they're warmed up to you, they're fully into you, yeah, and, then, and then Millie, you know, just a, a really talented wrestler, obviously, I think based on what rumours have been going around, that this might not be a possibility in the future, but I've, I've been fortunate enough to see her on a couple of shows, and I'm I'm a big fan of hers and I'd love to be able to work with her if, if the possibility ever did come up. So, yeah, I think that would be a, would be a, a really fun match and would be a, a really good dynamic. I think Millie could do sort of the the snarling, more technical bad guy and Lana would be the more, you know, happy, smiley, you know, easy to get behind good guy. And, uh, again, I think that would be a, a really good dynamic. And, like I say, a lot of the time that is what I look for when putting together cards is who do I think will work well with each other who's got a good clash of styles or will we'll play off each other well and I think that would that would definitely be a good one Amazing um, about a hardcore extreme rules stipulation type match Now before before we get into this I do want to mention I'm a massive deathmatch wrestling fan uh, always oh, wow. have been yeah. um, CZW I watched a lot back in the day um, not so much recently but I always watch Cage of Death and Tournament of Death and if we weren't a family friendly promotion I would absolutely run either a show with a death match on it or a tournament of death style tournament that is like my ultimate booking fantasy if you have another one, one about doing like an annual over 18 show run. no like I would love to but our crowd is primary we do get some of the older fans in but it is largely family i would we would never do it on a main kow show because obviously mm. it's you know i'm not going to have six-year-olds at a wrestling show watching people hate you with light tubes and get thrown into thumbtacks because you yeah, know definitely. Have to have a light somewhere. i would love to but i don't think it would go well not in terms of the show i i don't know if we would be able to market it to the right crowd maybe maybe uh but i think that would have to be something where like it would be announced like a year out and we would have to really push it and push mm. it, you know, for a long time and try and reach that audience. Cause like I said, most of our audience is the family audience and obviously yeah. deathmatch audience is very, very different. Obviously there's been success, you know, TNT have run, which I would have loved to have gone to, but I wasn't able to, I know they've run deathmatch tournaments as well. Um, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, it is like my ultimate, that is my ultimate wrestling, like sort of dream fantasy situation is to, run a, a deathmatch show would would be up there and i have actually done a kow deathmatch tournament bracket uh <laughs> during lockdown because i was yeah. just that bored and and like i want to do some kow and wrestling related that i actually did one um just to for the old creative juices to entertain myself but oh, amazing. um but yeah i would have drew parker versus chris ridgeway that would be Ooh. my hardcore yeah. match um 
Chris has done, has dabbled in it a little before, and actually they did do a death match, a Tuesday night grab show I went to um, a couple of years back, and that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, Drew is obviously over in Japan, for Big Japan at the moment, and uh, Dippin' is towing other promotions as well, and he's a proper death match boy now, which I know yes. from when he when he worked with us, we had conversations about that and, you know, mutual interests. So I know that's something he's always wanted. So that's awesome. And that's really cool to see. And Chris has always been very open about wanting, you know, he wants to wrestle every type of match he can. And he has done a couple of those matches. And yeah, I just, to be honest, this is just me. I would want to watch that match. Like I, yeah. if, if, if you, if someone said to me, I oh, drew Parker, Chris Ridgeway, hardcore match or death match on this show, I'd be like, okay, here's my money. Yeah, definitely. Take it now. Thank you very much. But yeah, um, you know, they know each other really well. You know, uh, the re- Drew getting booked on our show was because Chris was on a show with him that I went to just do wrestling in, uh, where was that? Dan Evans, although, was also involved with that as well. He was on the show. But yeah, uh, we had somebody drop out of a show. I was going to the show with him. He'd said to me, Drew's really good. And literally, that is, that is what led to them. And, you know, they're they're good friends and i find a lot of the time in wrestling it's the better friends people are the more damage they do to each other um yeah and i think again that'd be a match that i think pretty much any maybe not anywhere but definitely with a more adult audience i think that's a match that anywhere would would everyone would be super into and would go pretty wild for and i would definitely i would definitely 100 percent. what about a tag team title match uh, for this one, uh, I would go with our current tag team champions, who are the Freak Show. So that's Nightmare and Will Carter, um, who I've talked about throughout. They're relatively new tag team. Uh, Will is almost sort of like, I don't want to say Nightmare's shadow, but almost like his other half. Um, character-wise, they just fit together so well. Um, you know, Will always has sort of been under Nightmare's wing a little bit. Um, and then, so finally, they've started teaming, and it works really well. They've only managed to have a couple of matches, unfortunately, because, again, COVID got in the way. But they had a match with uh, Isaiah Quinn and uh, Big Joe, which was one of our best matches of the year. And oh, wow. Maybe even my personal favourite from that year. Um, and then they won the Tales of Our Anniversary show. So they're like, our, they're the best tag team we have at the moment, absolutely. And two of our best wrestlers overall. And then, you know, bring off again, they'd be taking on the Merseyside Mercenary Squad. Uh, 100%. Uh, like I say, we've had them up a couple of times in the past. They've always done a great job. Again, lovely guys. Uh, you know, me and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's always nice having a chat with people uh dan's lovely scott's lovely as well and again both really really talented and again guys that i would love to have on every single show if possible and will definitely get up again at some point as, as soon as i'm able to but yeah i think those two they're really good bad guys you know they're despicable and horrible and nasty um yeah definitely you know the freak show they're massively massively popular in, in kow and i think that match would absolutely bring the house down and in an ideal world i'd love to have that be an ongoing rivalry i think that would be you know if 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 the ducks got in a row i'd love that to be a maybe even over a you know a couple of years where maybe they swap the titles back and forth and a big a real big rivalry that escalates i think that'd be awesome but even you know even just as an individual match i think that would that would have the potential to steal you know steal a show if it, if it was on that card Okay. Uh, what about an intergender match? Uh, for that one, I would go with uh, Chris Brooks versus Charlie Evans would be my Ooh. choice. Yeah, 
Uh, Brooks has obviously always been a big proponent of intergender wrestling, which, you know, massive respect for that. Um, I can't stand people who don't like intergender wrestling. Not. No, can't can't do like oh it's it's not realistic i'm like you're watching wrestling right <laughs> do you realize that and it's just it, it makes no sense like if Rey mysterio wrestles big show is that fine yes so why can't a woman wrestle a man yeah definitely. yeah the whole, that is dying off thankfully but yeah you know, like I say brooks has always been a mass proponent of intergender wrestling um fantastic wrestler as well of course um really gets it in terms of you know he knows what will work for different crowds and how to adapt like the chris brooks you would get a kow show would be very different from a chris brooks you would get a cheese night graps or a progress and that that's totally fine because you know for kow doing a lot of, you know doing a more say progress style match with a lot more moves high work rate etc wouldn't work whereas in with us you know it's all yeah. character and stuff like that but yeah he 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 know you know really gets in understands it and charlie evans you know excellent uh again i've had the opportunity to see a wrestle lots and lots of times uh largely a tuesday night graps but you know various different places as well she's she's an awesome wrestler and i think those two would just have a just a really really good match to be completely honest um so yeah i think if we if we were gonna have an intergender match that would definitely be it like say i would definitely love to have uh some female wrestlers on in the future we do have a female trainee trainee at the moment actually and i've got my fingers crossed that hopefully that one day they're gonna be ready to move up and then we can start uh start bringing some women in because there's so much great female talent in the uk at the moment that you know we haven't had the chance to showcase to people you know just in the north there's there's so many people so yeah that would be that would be something that i'd I'd like to tick off my uh booker checklist at some point as well my bucket list my bucket bucket list that's (laughs) a mouthful there that's your mid card title match yeah so for that one i would go with uh 2-bit versus lucas neon uh so our mid card title is the showcase uh championship which is a is a trophy um which uh, i i think is cool i like having you know belts are awesome and all but when we got we were talking about getting a second title we were specifically like we think getting a trophy will be cool because it'll be different but yeah i mean these these lads have scrapped over the showcase trophy numerous times before like say two bit lucas neon and will car all came up together so they all know each other in the ring so well they've been wrestling each other since like say they were 13 they were the their first match was a triple threat against each other oh, wow. you know so it's nice it being in that situation and be like if i put any of these three lads together it will be a good match and i don't have to worry about that match i'm like right that's it. they will have fun they will have a good match and it'll be awesome um but yeah you know they've had uh when Lucas Neon, who's showcase champion the mall, actually won the trophy, that was again a lot of build, and uh, they had a big ladder match uh, blow off for that, which finished with a RKO off the ladder through a table. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, those two lads are just you know they'd have whether it's a singles match or some sort of stipulation match. I know those two would put on a great match. The crowd will be in the way. Two bits probably our most despised bad guy at the moment. Neon's our most beloved good guy. They're both young. You know, they're both athletic. They both know each other really well. They're both really well established. And again, that's a match that if that is on a card, you know, has a really good shout of stealing the whole show um, and being a hard act to follow for anybody else who's who's got to wrestle on that show. And then it's your... 
I, I'll tell you that's somebody I really need to see more of. I've, I've only ever seen him on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I will happily say, you know, all the, all the good things about Tubit. Um, you know, he's, he works really hard. He's, again, uh, I know I've said this, it's seemingly said this by everyone, but thankfully I get to work with a lot of nice people. Um, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy as much as his character is an absolute scumbag. Um, he's a really good guy. Um, he works really hard. He's really athletic. He's improved massively, um, in the last couple of years. And I'm very, very happy to have seen him get more opportunities to break out. Um, um, obviously, he was wrestling for British Wrestling Revolution, which was awesome. He won their title, which I was very, very happy about. Um, yeah, and he, he definitely deserves to be seen by more people. You know, he's he spent a long time developing his character. Um, you know, he's and he does it really, really well. Um, he's currently the leader of a, a faction in KOW called the Underclass, uh, which is yeah. him, Andre Decker, and Jax Kelly. Um, and they've been sort of running roughshod. At one point, he was showcase champion, and they were tag team champions. And yeah, any promoters who are listening, I mean, definitely book anyone who, who works for KOW, 100%. But two bit definitely uh, as well, 100%. Get him on your show. Get him on your show. And that's your main events. So the main event would be Craig Collins versus uh, Taylor West. Um, Two of the cornerstones of KOW, definitely, um, 100%. Them, Nightmare, uh, Chris Ridgway, although obviously he he hasn't been on shows in a while because he's so successful, and obviously that's awesome. No sour grapes there at all. Um, But yeah, you know... The found, like say, basically the cornerstones of KOW pretty much been there since day one. Um, and as well, this match is a match that I waited about 10 years to book, probably. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because there was the company before us, I never got to make it happen there. And then in KOW, it was always sort of my like ace. Uh, Ace in the Hole match. It was always the, this is the match I really want to see and think will be awesome. Because they're both two big lads. They work a very physical style. And my favourite type of wrestling is two lads just knocking lumps out of each other. You know, Shibari, She, Lesnar Test. Uh, I'm trying to think of other good examples. You know, that style, just two lads who are solid who were going to knock knock heck out of each other and um, necro samoa joe those sorts of matches yeah. Um, and yeah uh you know collins is our current champion uh they've both been champions twice uh they've now they've recently actually just come off the back of a trilogy of matches at uh anniversary shows so their first match was at the fifth and they had one of the sixth from one of the seventh um but yeah then um, again i know they'll deliver uh, West is great at being hated. Collins has always been, you know, one of our most popular guys over the years. Super reliable. Uh, the both of them, again, you know, I know that if I put them in there with each other, they're going to have a cracking match that the crowd are really going to enjoy. And again, for, for a long time, it was like one of my personal fantasy matches that I always wanted to book. And just the timing wasn't right and the timing wasn't right. And eventually it was. And when it did happen, I have to say for me personally, it lived up to all the hype. Um, so, yeah. I think that is the the that this was the match that, to be honest, I did the opener and the title match were the two that I spent most time thinking about and debating over, and things got changed around quite a few times before I finally settled on what I would ultimately ultimately go for. But I'm happy with how it's turned out, and damn, if I run that card, I would be very happy. Okay, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, just looking up and down now, I'm like, damn, like I need a book this somehow. <laughs> 
although I'd be a first two back. So. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll have to get Drew back from Japan, Millie back from NXT, Chris <laughs> back from Japan. Like, I, I might struggle. But yeah, definitely, there's definitely a lot of matches on there that either have happened before and have been great, or I would love to have on in the future if we could. Oh, That's a great card. I'd really love to watch that. So, um, so this is where I'd usually ask where can people's what can people see from you in the near future, but have you got anything planned for like putting stuff on YouTube or just to keep the fans not, engaged or not really. I really want to, but the problem is is because we are a very small company, um like our tickets are six pounds. Um yeah. And for a long time, they were five pounds. And that's not because that's what we think our shows are worth. It's because we want people to be able to come to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially in Barrow, it's a working class town. You know, we've had the highest rates of teen pregnancy at points. We've had the highest rates of drug abuse. You know, Barrow has its issues. But, you know, love the place, grew up there, wouldn't want to run shows anywhere else. But, you know, it was that thought of what about that mum, you know, that single mum who has three kids, you know, and struggles to get by, you know, and if you think a 20, you know, again, not having to go at any other promotions for charging what they charge, but, you know, that was what I always thought is what about that single mum who might have a kid who's wrestling mad, who, you know, their mate has told them, oh, there's wrestling, at, you know, in Barrow, and the mum can't afford it because you know if you yeah. think about it it's 15 quid a ticket there's four years you've got to get drinks the kids are probably going to want some merch you know by the time you add it all up you're talking 100 150 200 quid and some people don't have that money lying around yeah. so we've always been as long as we make enough money to do the next show that's fine and to be honest it was a big debate putting the ticket price up to six pounds um we we only did that because we moved venue and our costs went up but that's always been the ethos is we want to keep the shows as cheap as possible so that any you know if one kid can't come to our show because of money that sucks so that's that's always been our ethos in terms of you know the costs of shows and that sort of thing but um the problem is because because we are a very small promotion, we do everything ourselves. So if a video's been edited and you've seen it, somebody who's part of KOW's done it or somebody's other half has done it, I would personally love to, but I don't have the setup or the editing skills, and I don't want to put that on someone else. Uh, we have put some matches that were already available online, so some of them are available um, on our Facebook page, and there are a few more I need to post. But at the moment, we have sort of just gone fairly quiet, um, just with, you know, everybody's obviously coping with it. We are still there. Things are still, you know, rumbling in the background, but unfortunately there's you know there's not a lot to do if i had all the footage and if i had the equipment to do it and the editing knowledge i would 100 percent love to edit some matches together and put up some free shows but like i say i don't want to go to somebody else who does have those skills and be like can you spend like hours doing this for me please <laughs> so at the moment no unfortunately but there are matches out there so if anybody does want to you know have a look and see what sort of stuff to expect you know, there's a lot of stuff on there. There's two bits YouTube channel, Will's YouTube channel, but most of them are on our Facebook page. So if you go back through some of our recent posts, they are on there. Um, if anybody does want to take a look, um, one thing I did really want to do was uh, do some stuff with my streaming. Um, but unfortunately, again, I'm streaming from console. What I originally wanted to do was take these matches and what like live watch them, but oh, give some, some commentary on it. So sort of, you know, 
this is what was happening before and after it, you know, this is just basically have a bit of a chat about it and just sort of try and make it a bit interesting. You know, not like a, a commentary in terms of these, you know, these are the moves, but sort of saying, oh, well, before this show, this happened and in the build-up to this show, blah, 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 and, you know, well, just sort awesome. of... Yeah, but unfortunately, I stream on console, so that means you can only stream games, and that is it. So unfortunately, I had to put that on the back shelf, but that is something I, I did want to do. So maybe if at some point I get a, a proper PC or a proper laptop or whatever, then maybe that is, is something I'll do. But yeah, I, I've spent some time, obviously a lot of it's just been getting by in COVID for a lot of people as well. Um, but yeah, that. I do sometimes I do feel bad. Literally today I was like, I haven't posted anything on the KOW we haven't posted anything on the KOW page in ages. But then when I think about it, I'm like, there's nothing like there's nothing there's nothing I can post. <laughs> like <laughs> still not running shows. Sorry guys, we really want to run shows, but we can't. So yeah, um I do need to get back on that and that is something I need to do is trying to trying to keep that more active. Our Twitter is a little bit more active. Uh I don't actually run that, somebody else runs that for us. Uh but yeah, our Twitter is a little bit more active, so you can keep an eye on that. But yeah, unfortunately, like say, because everybody's focusing on, you know, working and being locked down and everything, there's not a lot of in in front of house activity at the moment, unfortunately. So when Odyssey and um, oh, it's King Kingdom was it the other one? The Kingdom so Arena. Yeah. yeah. So when when they start up, as are you going to have like working relationship between the three companies, or are you going to do invasion angles between the three companies? So it's, um, has that been discussed? We don't we don't have any formal plans. Obviously, the people involved with it have both, you know, everyone involved with. But, like, everyone involved with uh, Odyssey is part of KOW, and obviously Sheriff is part of KOW, um, and I have given him a lot of stick for basically nicking our initials, so he'll be great <laughs> for that over the coming years. Um, um, but, yeah, nothing formal, but, again, they're friends, so you never know. The only issue that we would have with an invasion, as much as I would love to do one, is the roster crossover. Um when this conversation has come up, we've always been like, well, who would be on Markham's side and who would be on Barrow's side and who would be on... <laughs> but yeah, definitely there'll be, I'm sure there'll be, you know, I will 100% be going to their shows when they're running, uh, as I did with Markham shows previously, a show support, you know, some of our lads are going to be on those shows and, you know, there's going to be other people that I'm not familiar with that, again, I look forward to uh, the opportunity to check out. But yeah, definitely 100% um we're all going to be on friendly terms and be very supportive of each other. And who knows, you know, when time goes. But definitely, with both of them as they're both starting out, I'll definitely keep a respectable distance and let them do their own thing. And if at some point they say, hey, let's do something together, I'd be 100% open to that. I would love to. It would, it would be a hell of a lot of fun, definitely, to do that. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that. Southport's not too far away from us, so I'm planning to go to the Kingdom of Wrestling. Yeah, definitely, and I'm sure there'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be really good shows. Uh, you know, the Markham shows before Odyssey Pro Wrestling were always a lot of fun. You know, I went to those for a number of years, and obviously I know uh, Sheriff. You know, Steel. Uh, if I always feel weird referring to him like that. He'll put on a cracking show, definitely. You know, he's he's been around KOW for a long time. He understands what family's like. You know, he knows his own character. He knows what he likes. You know, he's obviously going to put his own twist and spin on it. And I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to what what both companies produce um, and being a fan of it because uh, that is, that is still a thing. You know, I say sometimes again, not to sound big headed, but I wish I could go to a KOW show more so much as I wish. 
as a kid, there'd been something like that for me. Um, you know, because when I was a kid, there was nothing like that. But that's part of what's so rewarding is there's a generation of kids in Barrow now who are going to grow up with KOW, which is awesome and brings brings a tear to my eye from time to time to think yeah. about. But yeah, it's it's super cool. I I think I said I think I said relatively early on I was like, if there's one kid who when he gets to twenty is sat in a pub with his mates talking about wrestling and he says, oh, there was this company called KOW back in the day and that's what made me like wrestling. That's like right, we're a success. We've done it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's 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 the end goal, uh, and that's the cool thing about KOW. Everyone who comes, everyone who's involved, is all about making things as good as possible for those fans. You know, for those kids, we've been very lucky. You know, we've we've had the opportunity to, you know, we've we've done a charity show in the past. Uh, you know, we've we've worked. You know, there's a fan. Uh, there's a couple of fans called Louis and Janine who come to our shows, who we've gotten very, you know, as a company we've gotten very close to. Uh, you know, we put a birthday party for him and stuff. He's like one of our favourite little fans. He's an awesome dude. And numerous other fans, and that's what's so cool about it. KOW is like a family, and we refer to it as that on a regular basis. Um, you know, one of the lads' mums knits wrestle buddies for us, that are just like little knitted versions of the wrestlers. Does yeah. that completely free, just gives them to us, lets us sell them to help support the company. Obviously, we, you know, we buy her a bottle of wine and some flowers every now and again she always refuses but we get them you know <laughs> the guy who does photography for us is a friend of steel's you know and him his wife and his daughter come down to the shows they're part of the kow family lucy who um came with show from lancaster because she's going to uni there um and she's a big wrestling fan and she's doing a I believe a journalism course or maybe an english course sorry lucy if i've said the wrong course um but, you know she reached out and was like i do writing she does articles and stuff for us now you know she's part of that extended family you know referees you know members of the academy you know the people who run the merch table are family members of wrestlers and there's so many people who volunteer their time and contribute and it is really cool and it that has been one of the most difficult things is not being able to see these people because especially for me because i don't live in barrow anymore coming back to barrow now is always like a homecoming and i always uh, when i'm coming home for a show you know on the train when we're getting close I can feel myself starting to get G'd up and when I, you know, walk through the door first time, there's always, you know, people running over, give me a hug and say hi and everything. So it's, it's, it's a really cool little, uh, community we've built up for ourselves you know we've we've got our fans you know they love us for what we are you know we are, we don't have the biggest presence i think a lot of people don't know we exist and we don't mind that to be completely honest we're perfectly happy having our thing we've got our own little corner of the world we've got our fans you know we put on stories we like we put on matches we like and from everything we tell people like it mean, we want to keep doing it for for as long as we can and, and just for those reasons for the fact we all love wrestling and we want to give you know like say a lot of us were kids growing up in this town who didn't have wrestling and now there is wrestling and that's that's a cool thing to us is just that now you know me as a 11 year old watching you know skipping church and running around and saying i was sick and running around my friend's house to watch smackdown now <laughs> those kids and the equivalent now have you know somewhere gone and that's that's cool and that's what keeps it going and you know even on days where oh, everything's going wrong and this person can't come to the show and ah the card's a nightmare you know it makes all of that worth it and those reactions and those interactions with with those fans are what make it fun you know not in it for the money not in it you know for anything other than we all love wrestling and presenting it in the town we grew up in. So before we go, do you want to promote any social media you've got? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mentioned it briefly before, but uh, I do stream um, in my spare time. It's something that I've picked up in lockdown because, again, lots more spare time. Um, so that's ALP streams on Twitter and on Facebook. That's just for me, obviously me personally. You can find KOW as well on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I believe the Twitter is KO underscore wrestling, and I think it's the same for the Instagram. I should know this, shouldn't I? But I really don't. <laughs> I don't use Instagram, so I'm really bad. The but yeah, correct, the correct, the correct, the correct links will be in the description below the interviews. Ah, okay, that's good. Thanks. I'm glad that somebody's done their research at least. Um, but yeah, so you can find obviously KOW there. Like I say, I am as well. Like I said, there's not a lot going on at the moment, but we will be up and running again as soon as we can be, and then. I'm going to be, you know, bombarding people with as much information and match announcements and everything as humanly possible. And like I said, personally, I have ALP streams. That's on Twitch as well. Uh, stream a variety of video games. I actually have a charity stream coming up, which might actually be in the past now that I think of it from when this goes up. So that might not be worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I do lots of different stuff on there. Uh, it's just fun for me. So yeah, if anybody's interested in that, feel free to give me a watch. But yeah, that's just a little sort of side project. It's something creative to put my energy into because yeah, like yeah. a lot of my creative energy obviously did go into KOW and that was one of the the, the worst things when it's when it locked outside was I was kind of just sat around for a while being like right what do I do with all this energy I need to blow some steam but yeah like say KOW wrestling the socials um, and then, like say ALP streams on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter I do obviously have a personal Facebook page but that's a personal one, so I'll, I'll leave that. But you know my name, so you can probably find me if you really want to. So if you really want to find me, I might not add yet, but you can have a go. <laughs> yeah, I was very similar at the beginning of lockdown. I, I, did, I was doing like two or three interviews a week just to keep myself busy. Then I had to take yeah. like a, a month off because I just had, I wouldn't have had I wouldn't know when to release them all. So I had to, I was just, for a month, <laughs> yes, I had to release like two, two, two interviews a week just to catch up. I was like, yeah I, I went through a lot of weird stages like at one point i was like oh anime is a thing anime is my thing now and then that kind of lasted like a month or two and then and then i was like oh yeah i should listen to more music i know i'll get people to suggest music for me to listen to and then i'll do a review and then that lasted about a month and you know <laughs> just a little while where i was trying to find stuff but uh gaming and streaming has definitely been a big uh positive thing for me just with mental health and everything as well because obviously it's been taxing on everyone so that that's been a it's been a really good outlet for me and like I say I've, I've managed to do some charity streams as well which have been really rewarding um i did one for calm the campaign against living miserably uh last year which raised just over 500 pounds which i was blown away by i still don't oh, really and uh, after Brody Lee passed away, I did a stream in his memory as well for American Lung Association. The raised a little bit, and then like say again, this might be in the past when this goes up. But on the 27th of February, I'm doing another charity stream for Cancer Research UK. So if this does end up going out before then, you can join me for that. If not, you can come and see how much money I raised. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So I've really enjoyed speaking to you. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, you know, I can I can chat on about it, this and wrestling in general for a very long time, and especially at the moment with less wrestling around, less people around to chat about it with. Hundred percent, I would I would happily come back. Maybe at some point when we have something to promote, maybe. But yeah, definitely, I've really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's always good to talk about something you're passionate about and. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun time. So thanks thanks again very much for having me on. I do appreciate it very much, and it's it's been nice. Like I say, it's it's nice to 
do something involved with wrestling again, even if it's not mm-hmm. running shows. It's just nice to dip a toe and speak to Sony. He's obviously just as in- enthusiastic about wrestling and is obviously, you know, involved as well with, you know, the podcast and everything. You know, I've, I've listened to a couple. I still need to, there's a couple more that I've got an eye on that I still need to find time to listen to. But yeah, and I'm definitely going to, you know, be keeping an eye out and listening to more in, in future. Yeah, I'd, encourage, I'd encourage anyone else who's listening to listen to the Broken But Glorious podcast as well. 